from the very, very serious things that's going on right now across this country um, to even the most um, inconsequential thing like a broken fingernail. Uh, Lord, you care about all of that. And we thank you, Lord, for covering us. We thank you for caring for us. Um, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you are a giver of life and life abundantly. Um, Lord, right now, um, there's just so much um, death going on, um, death, physical death and spiritual death and relational death. But Lord, you're not in that. You're in life and life abundantly. So we call forth your presence. We call forth your presence in each individual life here in this class represented. Everyone that's ever attended here, Lord, we call forth life in this um, city, Lord Father, in the city, in the county, Lord Father, and we call forth life in the country of the United States of America. Lord, that no longer will be thinking um, as the enemy does, but instead, Lord Father, put a godly mindset into our hearts that we may recognize and appreciate your word, your truth, and your principle, again, that relies on life abundantly. And with that, Lord, we just ask for your abundant word today that, Lord, we be um, obedient to whatever it is you would desire us to share, even if it's outside of what we put on our agenda, um, that, Lord, um, you have your way. Amen. In Jesus' cool. name. All righty. Uh, it seems like we've been on relational wellness for... Years. A long time. So w over the next several weeks, we're actually going to be wrapping that up. Uh, like I said, we've been dealing with uh, relational wellness probably for longer than we intended, but all the discussions have been good. I mean, we've we've enjoyed our time. Uh, we've talked about recognizing that we're surrounded by people who care, who need care. We've talked about I, being able to identify what need is to be met. We've talked about identifying what pain needs to be healed, and we've talked about identifying what truth needs to be heard. And each of the, in each of the sessions, we've talked about three general common things. How we can become more self-aware, the importance of giving first, and the importance of gratitude. So even if you've only been here for a session or two or have been here for more, over the course of these last several months, what has stood out for you with respect to what we've been talking about? Anything in particular? Absolutely nothing, because I can't remember what happened last week. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Two. The story still sticks out to me about that that somebody read. I don't remember which leader it was about the the man and the husband and wife that went to the counselor and the you know the husband had no idea. You know he was providing and working and doing all this stuff and he had no idea what the wife was thinking or feeling and she had no idea what he was thinking or feeling and they were just like yeah he was he was um working all this time to provide yeah. for family yeah. and they had the car and they had the vacations and everything else like that and she just wanted time with him right. and he didn't realize i mean i'm sure even though she said i want you to spend more time with me she did. He didn't realize the importance of that statement yeah. because he was doing what he felt was important. Yeah. And it wasn't until whatever the counselor said. Yeah, I remember that story too. We presented it. 
Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, we don't we don't understand what's going on in other people's heads. You know, we really don't. Um, we think we do, but we don't. Even if we're using the same language, I was talking. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to ramble. I'm and one of the biggest fallacies is we believe that simply because they're our spouse or our significant other that they should know what's going on in their head in our heads. That's just foolish. That's just crazy talk. Well, and even when we say it, that they hear it the way that we mean it. Right. You know, that's, that's, how many of you guys have ever had a conversation with something and you thought you put something out very clearly? This is clear as day. Any idiot can understand. But the person that you were talking to, which is really not an idiot, didn't understand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I, I was very clear on that. But they came from such a different perspective at that moment, you know, that they really just didn't get it. And I know I've been on the receiving end of that where, I, you know, um, someone's told me, you know, it's plain as day, just, you know, no. I mean, I'll, I'll write out something, one, two, three, four, first step, second step, third step, and someone, it's easy, you should be able to figure it out. And I get it back, and I'm, that's not what I asked you to do at all. You know, and it was written out. What happened? You know, it's that, that mindset and that, that change of perspective and um, what we think because of our background is so clear. Um, someone else's experience twists it. So anything else stand out for anybody? Yeah. For me, it's when you make that statement one day. And I don't think you were probably referring to it, maybe your spouse or someone, is that I appreciate you. <clears throat> Oftentimes, thank you for the work you did. But being able to communicate that to some of my employees, I appreciate you. You know, not only just what you're doing, mm -hmm. but I appreciate you as a person. Yeah. Have you used, Have you said that? Yeah. Have you seen a difference? She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. It's like sometimes it's like I don't even know how to deal with that when I'm receiving it. Right. David. Um, we had an opportunity yesterday to attend the funeral of the family friend, and only 69. Seven kids. Most of them married now with kids of their own. Um, and while he was very definitely not a perfect man. Uh, very godly, and he worked very hard to raise his kids uh, in a godly way. Through lots of life, they all now are back in the faith and back in church and heavily invested in it, um, not just going through the motions. And in uh, all of the stuff that we've talked about over this, it was, it's last yesterday was kind of driven home potential to change your legacy and I look at what he came from and his sisters and his his mom and the broken home that he grew up in um, and yet it was still very Christian and what he was able to do with his wife and his kids and we've talked about so many different things in here um, and for me yesterday it was just driven home just how much change is possible um, no matter what your background, no matter what history you had, no matter any of that stuff, um, 
if you do the work and you follow the scripture and you do the things we've talked about, it's really impressive when you see someone who's made that kind of a difference in what is now at least 14 people's lives and their grandkids and all of the people. Um, it was at our old church. I think it holds three, 400 people in the packed house. Um, and there were people there that we knew from, I met them when I was 10 years old. Okay. And there were people there from church upon church upon church before that we hadn't seen in years. It was like a reunion, but it was you know 500 people all coming to honor this family. That's and really cool. Life. And all the stuff we talked about up here are all those little steps he lived with and he did it and for all of us it is possible to have that kind of legacy change and that was really really clear that's really cool Amen. Really seen. Huh? He, he walked by you at church and oh, he's saying all the time constantly just singing just singing, his kids singing him singing yeah. all the time. and all of his kids now sing and yeah. they play and they wow. you know Countless stories of family family events, and they'd end up sitting around the campfire in the backyard singing. Amen. That's singing really cool. Hymns, not just the praise and worship songs that we all know, legitimate old old, school. old day hymns. Wow. And I hadn't sung some of those songs in ten years. Wow. And it was really really cool. That's cool. Thanks for sharing. So it was a way of encouragement. Really Lee, you were gonna say something. I was just thinking about the uh, lesson that Adrian and I did uh, when we talked about self-control mm. and how um, how essential um, a gift that is to practice in the Holy Spirit, not by gritting our teeth, but by the Holy Spirit, because it's it's so key to actually being able to hear what somebody's saying. Like, you know, somebody's presenting something, but because of the noise that's in between my two ears, I can't hear what you're saying. Right. But if I'm able to submit my mindset to the Lord while you are speaking, I can hear at least something of what you're saying. And how much of everything that is taught here really has to do with us taking yeah until we make it our own it 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 doesn't become a reality it becomes a Does maybe it, be, a, it, it becomes maybe a habit it becomes a behavior change not a lifestyle difference if that if that, if that. If that because often and I'm just saying this because of what something the Lord said to me yesterday, which is we got to do the work. We all have to do the work. Otherwise, it's just inspiration. And when the rubber meets the road, you know, we don't have the legacy that this man has. He did some work. Uh, he submitted a lot of stuff to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That he can live a self-controlled life mm -hmm. and not follow the pattern of what he himself is doing. Mm -hmm. And there's great opportunity, and many of us sitting in this room have already demonstrated that we can do it. 
But I'm going to add to that, yes, many of us in this room have done it, but there's no one in this room that's more special or more equipped or more spiritual or anything else than anyone else that's in this room. We're at different points in our journey and different things, but we're all on equal standing as far as capabilities because the things that we do don't come from ourselves. They come from the Lord if we're doing it the way God desires us. If we're doing it by our own self, um, that doesn't create the, the legacy, um, the godly legacy that we seek. One of the things I appreciated was uh, when we were gathered around the tables and we were talking about the hard work. I remember Joe and I were one time going to do a YouTube video promoting marriage ministries. And we were going to do it at, at a McDonald's drive-thru because everybody wants McDonald's drive-thru work. You know, fix my marriage in two minutes or less, right? Because I don't have time for all this other stuff. And uh, what I really appreciated the hard work, I, I do forensic training in, in a number of different areas, and I just got back from a trip in the Bahamas where they said, well, Mr. Nichols, how would you answer that question? And my response to them was, what I'm more concerned about is how you're going to answer that question because I can tell you how I would answer a question in court. But the moment a follow-up question is asked, you won't know how to answer it. I said, I'm trying to teach you this stuff as a lifestyle. I'm not trying to teach it to you so you can answer questions correctly. It's not about answering questions correctly. It's about getting this stuff inside of you so that you can answer what is brought forward because there are many different ways to ask a question. There are many different ways to deal with the situation. And unless you have the skills necessary I could get, tell you how I would answer a question, but man, you will fall flat on your face in five minutes. I said, I because I could tell you how I would answer a question, and then you answer that way to me, and I know a follow-up question that you won't have an answer to. Then what are you going to do? You look smart one moment, the next moment you're lost. Learning starts with modeling and instruction. Yeah. It becomes permanent when you can teach it to someone else and live it as a lifestyle. Yeah. You know? So, go. Oh, go ahead. Um, no, I lost it. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> um, easy come, easy go. It was, it was interesting because uh, um, I'm talking to a gentleman right now that actually, um, uh, you and Ron had, had, uh, had actually spent time with this couple and uh, had, had, had trained a couple for a while. And so, one of the things that I'm working with him on is he, he wanted he wanted some mentorship, and so um, we have this opportunity to talk on Tuesdays, and so he was talking about um, a situation that's going on at home. And so the first question I asked him, I said, well, I know Ron and Jean very well, and I know what they teach. And I said, so I have one question for you. <clears throat> Are you doing what Ron and Gina had taught me. So the phone was silent, and he was like, well, no. And Sorry. So I said, well. Don't mean to laugh. And I said, well, I said, you know, we have a tendency to make life a lot more complicated than it is. I said, so Ron and Gina have given you some tools to make not only your marriage better, but also to make your um, ability to be a better husband, better father. So they've given you those tools. And you've said that that's what you wanted. 
but yet no, you're not doing the thing that you said that you're doing. Right? So until you make up your mind, until you have a desire, until you see the benefit, until maybe you have suffered enough pain to decide that what Ron and Jean have given you that you're going to implement in your life and in your marriage, then you'll see the difference. But from what you're telling me, the same issues that you had when you saw them, you're still having the same issues now. And you know that you're having those same issues because you're not doing the work. So I said, the process is difficult. The answer is easy. Right? So there's nothing I can tell you. The only thing that I can tell you is go back and do what Ron and Jean have asked you to do. Then you'll see the change. If you don't, there's nothing I can give you more. I can't give, there's no new wisdom, no new insight, no new drive-through shortcut. <laughs> Right. Here, I say right. these words, build me magically transformed, and right. everything will be hunky dory. Somebody else has another. And so the, rea the reality is, it's not. It, it, it's not out there. Right. It's not out there. God has not designed it to be that way. Yeah. Right. We're on a journey of process. We're on a journey of learning. We're all at different places. Right. And our place is not to be compared to another person's place. Right. It's a matter of if you're saying that this is what you want, and you've gone to people that can have given you what you need to get there. The decision now is yours, right? But on the other end, if you come to the end of your life and you have a lot of regret and you say that, oh, I could have been this and I could have been that. Remember, you have, you're the only one, you're the only one to look in the mirror and take responsibility for that. Because God has brought many people, not only Ron and Jean, but many people in your sphere of influence, that model, that you've sat down and talked with, but yet in all, something within you have decided that for some reason you're not either willing to do it. And I, I, I'm just of the mindset that there's a part of us that until we look at it seriously and have a serious talk with God and say, I'm not willing to do this. And here are the reasons why I'm not willing to do it. That we don't ever break that cycle because we're always making excuse. My mom, my wife, my job, my kids. My history, my, my history, body is just the too. The country, the nation, my neighbor across the street, um, the garbage man. I mean, you know, just, right? It's true. It is true. But until we face that point, and like you said, it, it's, it's... And we're going to be talking about this in a little bit. Pastor Ray mentioned about the cost. And when I saw that, when I saw it on the screen, the first thought that came to me was, when we think about paying the cost, are we willing to give up our, you know, give up our family, you know, uh, give up mom and dad and, and go out on a mission trip? Are we willing to sacrifice our jobs for the call of the mission? And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I, I think we've made that verse overcomplicated. But at the same time, when I saw that, it's like, it's a lot simpler, but man, the cost is so much higher. Because I think the cost that he was referring to was vulnerability. We don't want to be vulnerable. And we don't want to give up our, our, our 
we don't want to give up our 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 rights. Correct. You know, I have the right to be happy. I have the right to, you know, have what I want. I have the right to. Um, okay. and, and so when, when we combine that, I think that's the biggest struggle because when we're called into God's kingdom, we're called into a relational environment. And in order, if, you know, we talked about so many things. We talked about recognizing that we're surrounded by people who need care. How are they going to get care? When we show that we're vulnerable, when we're humble, and, 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 and we're willing to go to them. Identifying what need is to be met. Not being so self-absorbed with my own needs. Okay, but what's your need? Identifying what pain needs to be healed. Willing to step outside of the, the pain that we're in, in a moment, to be willing to minister to the pain of somebody else. When we first started this many years ago, um, these teachings, you know, getting outside of ourselves, my real question was, but what about me? Really, what about me? I'm hurting. I'm dying inside. I'm shriveling, shriveling up. I'm not getting encouraged. I'm not getting... Um, I'm, I'm not getting respect. I'm not getting appreciation. And, and I mean, am I just supposed to be a great codependent? Right? Because I'm supposed to be thinking about everyone else. And that's not what this is about. And that's not what God wants. There's a balance between self-care and self-obsession and caring for others. And... I'm just I'm there's so many people that I know that are going through so much right now and I would love to be able to sit hours a day next to this person and that person and that person and that person who are going through horrific things and just the mass murders that have happened in the last three days in this country my heart is just completely breaking for, for all of these families, and not even just for the families that are affected in those locales, but the families across the United States that are now living in fear of going anyplace. Um, it, it, it's, it's breaking my heart, and I would love to go and just, you know, and then I, I need to recognize my own, how is that impacting me? You know, I can't do all of that. But one of the things that we're going to be talking today is about living in the present. Right now, this moment, I could be thinking and praying for the people in Ohio, praying for the people in El Paso, praying for, but right now, I'm standing here, and God has called me to be in front of this class. So that's where I've got to be, you know. Um, it could be next moment, I'm going to be present, painting my kitchen, painting my family room, of which, for me, that's an important thing that I want to get done, too, Okay. Um, and sometimes the painting of my family room takes priority over coming and being in class. Oh, wait a second, this is relational care. Aren't you supposed to? No, both are as important. But what does God want me to do for that minute? And I can't neglect one for the other either way. And when we're looking at, are we paying attention to other people's needs, where they're coming from, what their background is, 
it always needs to be present that mindset at the same time love the lord our god with all our heart and all our soul and love our neighbor as ourselves that is one continual sentence it is not love god on sundays and wednesdays you know when you have bible study and, and church love your neighbor when there's a real big issue or when they have a real need and you, you they need to borrow your lawnmower all right and then love yourself when you go to counseling for six years right I mean, right? Isn't that sometimes how we live life? It's we have to keep those three constantly in balance. God has to be present. We have to be present, and our neighbors have to be present. And, and we have to keep that in balance. So we're on a water taxi going from one island to the other in the Bahamas, and there's this guy who stood up there, older guy, and he used to be a captain of one of these boats, one of these taxis, but he's going blind and he can't do that anymore. And he made this statement. Because we're going to be talking for the next several weeks about how to live in the present. He made this statement. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. When you hear that, that's really good. Wow, that's really good. I didn't. I can't. I can't take credit for that. Yeah. All right. But it's good. But it's good. So, what do you think of when you hear that statement? Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's mystery. Today is a gift. I want to rehash yesterday. Solve the mystery. Do everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do it today. So basically, ignoring the gift. Yeah, I mean, because you, you don't like to get gifts. <laughs> okay. David. Uh, Anne made the comment. She's like, "Well, YOLO. Only live once." But what I was going to say is, there's actually a little bit of relief in that for me. Okay. I don't have to worry about what happened yesterday. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. What I have to do is what God tells me to do right now. Or I have to do, like Joe was saying, I have to do the work, that the things that I've been taught. I have to do that right now. So if I'm in an argument, if I'm at work, if I'm whatever I'm in, all right, how does what I've learned apply right now? And so I have to take a step forward. I have to do that. That's what I have to do right now and that there's a certain amount of relief in that because then all I can control is what's right here and I'm not really even controlling that yeah. if I'm honest but the other stuff what a great what a great like thought blinders. Johnny um, there's a song that, that yesterday is history tomorrow okay. thing reminded me of it's called Here Again by, <coughs> by Elevation Worship and it goes the beginning of verse one can't go back to the beginning can't control what tomorrow will bring but i know here in the middle in relation to god with all this is the place where you promise to be i feel like we meet god in the present where he's at already that's like half for me that was half the battle is it like you know i, I suffer from anxiety and i still do like you know i still spout stuff every once in a while um, but I feel like if we meet God where he's at, where we're supposed to be at in the present moment, not stressed about yesterday, like, 
man, I really messed up, or tomorrow, like, what's going to happen? Um, it's He's in the present moment with mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's good. I would think, like, yesterday, it has already came and it's passed. And so today, we just have to live and focus because tomorrow is going to have its own set of worries, issues, if it even comes for you. Yeah. And that's the thing, if it even comes. Yeah. I still remember the one one time, uh, my best friend, we, we had a gaming group. My best friend, I loved to irritate him playing games because he was so competitive. It was just a lot of fun to irritate him. I took joy in that because he was so competitive. So I, I arranged, I, I made this particular, uh, we, we played this one card game. It was called based on Star Trek, and I made this one deck. And I said, man, this is going to really irritate the snot out of him. And I had that deck all ready to go, and we had to keep postponing it, postponing it, and then he died. Died of a massive heart attack, New Year's Day. We plan, we plan, we plan, but we never know what's going to happen. So why do we get so caught up? You know, I'll confess something. I've been, the last month, last couple months, I've been really, I, I see myself living in the future, not in the past. You know, the past is the past. I'm good with that. And, and the past does impact yep. today. It, it, it has an impact. So, I mean, yep. it, it's definitely affected where right. we are today. But I didn't find myself living in the present because I'm always thinking, okay, I'm done with this trip. What's the next trip? What's the next trip after that? How do I modify my business plan so I'm not traveling as much? Because I'd like to buy, you know, do, doing really well, but I'd like to have time because time is more valuable than money. What needs to be done in the house? We're remodeling a family room and a kitchen. So we're doing all this stuff, and I find myself being very anxious for the future. Because I exhausted even before it begins because you're yeah. trying to plan everything that needs to. Yeah, and, and so by the time I'm ready, I'm completely exhausted already just thinking about it. And God, you know, help me settle in. I'll take care of things tomorrow. But it's really important to focus on what you're doing today because what I found myself doing was were friends with one couple. I knew that she was going for surgery. I didn't realize it was hip replacement surgery. I thought she was just going to get some nerve relief. And it's kind of like I haven't reached out to her husband in a long time, and it's kind of like, and God just, dude, you are so focused on the future. You're, you're forgetting what's right here in the moment. And I had to stop. I had to stop and start reaching out and and not, okay, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> For someone who's living in the future, I'll do that tomorrow. That's just stupid talk. <laughs> because tomorrow never came, actually. And so I just kept not doing it and not doing it and not doing it. And I was ignoring the present. You know, like I said, I, I know a lot of people that have lost people and we're remodeling. And I go back to work on Monday. So my to-do list is, okay, super, super, super long. Um, but my, my calling in life, the mission that God has given us, is to stand along 
the hurting and to bring encouragement and vision and tools to get through the tough times. I mean, that's, that's, that's our calling and we literally have a mission statement, right? And we've suggested to the people in this class, what do you stand for? We've not all been called to one thing. You know, what is God calling you? What is your purpose? And, it, and when I say calling, it's not to lead this ministry. It's not to do that. It's, it's <coughs> what's your legacy going to be? You know, what's your like? Are you going to be the greatest worship? You know, are you going to be a, a theological teacher? You know, what, what, what is your calling? Are you going to be an encourager, server, whatever? But bottom line is, um, and then I went out of town for 10 days um, and, and came back and I want to spend time with people. Time is short, only 24 hours a day, right? Plan to spend this time to this time, this time to this time with this person, with this person. It took everything within me because of what God is doing and teaching me how to live in the present to not keep looking at my watch saying, okay, I've got to get on to the next meeting. However long this is, this is how long it is. And do you know what? I screwed up my days. I was supposed to meet with someone, and I got my days meet, so I didn't wind up meeting with someone. It's like, you know what? I felt really bad that that person was waiting for me. Um, but I also know they're being cared for by other people. So it's like, I don't have to do it all. I need to be present where I'm at. Need to be present where I'm at. Because when we're present where we're at, that's when we can actually make a difference in people's lives. That's the only time actually we can make a true difference in people's lives. The biggest struggle that Ron and I have when he travels is that when we're on the phone with each other, it's very hard to be present and not multitask. It's very hard because how many of you guys get on the phone and you're talking to someone at the same time you're, you know, doing this, doing that, cooking dinner, flipping channels, reading something, checking through your mat, right? Am I wrong on that? All right. How many times do we put everything away and just, it's hard to be present. It's hard to be present. But... Can you tell when the other person on the other end of the line isn't present? You think they can tell when you're not present? They can. Scrambling a little. Anyway. All right. So we have three choices. We can live in a past. We can live in a future. Or we can live in a present. And what we're going to come to realize is that only by living in a present can we really have the relational wellness that we've been talking about. Now, it's, I, I also want to draw a distinction here. We're not talking about reflecting on our past or planning for the future. Those are two vital things. We should reflect on our past, and we should definitely plan for the future. But we should not be, become so consumed by our past or so consumed with the future that we're missing life in the moment right now. Bottom line is, God is in the past, God is in the future, and God is in the present. And what he's asking us to be what is be in this moment with him. You know, one of my favorite stories in Scripture, probably my absolute favorite story, 
is a woman with the issue of blood. God or Jesus, God, Jesus was on his way to bring healing to somebody. Someone important with a with a title. With a name. The daughter of someone who was named in scripture. And scripture says that as soon as this woman reached out and touched his cloak, she was healed. He didn't have to stop. And yet he chose to stop. He chose to stop. He, he allowed that moment. And I believe here's why I believe this is why he stopped. To let her know she mattered. To let her know that she mattered. <clears throat> That even though she didn't have a name in Scripture, she had a name in heaven. That God knew who she was. And that God knew of her pain. Because he didn't have to stop. And I really, you know, and and I, I imagine this now. It's like, you know, I'd really like to, you know, be with you in a moment, babe. But I got to go to church and I got to deal with men's ministries. Or I got to deal with this. Or I got to deal with that. Because that's where we were at early on in our walk, we became so concerned with ministry, we were neglecting our relationship, or I was neglecting my relationship. And what I was doing is, the core with God was, was pretty strong. The outer ring of ministry was pretty good, but that inner ring of relationship, it was barren. And that's why things just kind of collapsed. Be, and, and I've talked about being so consumed. We, we escape the difficulties of home by ministry. We've done it. I've done it. I escaped the difficulties at home and said, you know, I got, I got things to do for God. And I think in some way many of us have done that. And that's a dangerous place to go because God doesn't want us to do that. There was a testimony on Caleb, um, I don't know when. Um, woman drives a nice car, um, dresses nice. I don't remember if she mentioned her race or not. But she says, um, someone bought me a coffee. I obviously didn't look like I needed a coffee. But someone bought me a coffee. And she said, with tears, you know, a shake in the voice. That ministered so deeply because someone noticed her. In that moment, someone noticed her. Not with an obvious need, but who she was as an individual. Someone noticed her. Living in the present. Still, there's several things where God has just took a two by four and kind of gently slapped me upside the head. I remember one time, Seeing this man, I was walking uh, back to work after lunch break in downtown Oakland. I see a man struggling with a wheelchair, getting up on a curb. And, you know, I was prompted to go over there and help him. And so I got to get back to work. God, you know my heart. And I still remember what he said. Yeah, the problem is you don't. That's the problem. Lee? You used yourself as an example of being distracted with ministry. And even if you're like sharing God's report to you that He knows your heart better than you know your heart. That there are times when 
he will show us, I found that in order to be better able to be in present, I have to do some work on my past. Yes. Yeah. And I had become so busy running away from doing that work on my past to heal some things up that I ended up using ministry and, you know, I got to go serve this person. I don't mean title ministry. I mean, I got to go serve this person. I got to be there for that person. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, and I was not home. And then he was home because I was out helping other people because I wasn't, I didn't want to take care of the present thing God wanted me to take care of, which was let me come in, let's do some work in the basement of your life because, believe it or not, that's keeping you from being present. And sometimes it's hard for us to tell the difference of when we need to knuckle down and do that work. Or, um, this is my past, this is what it's been, it's pretty here, and we need to go on and take steps forward. Can you guys talk about that a little bit, or will you be talking about that? We will be talking about that. Over the, over the over, next few weeks. Over yeah. the course of the next few weeks, because we're going to talk about strategies for living in the present. And one of those strategies is actually by dealing with. So we, we get so caught up. There's a difference between dealing with our past and living in that past. And Lee's right. We have to be willing to deal with our past. The, those hurts. We have to be willing to allow God to do to do the work in us. But keep in mind that work in us always involves a choice. And I can I I can generally pretty much we've all uh, David and Ann, Joe and Leona, Jean and I have worked with a lot of couples. Patterns appear. Patterns appear because generally. Common things happen. Not every couple is the same, but generally certain patterns appear. And when I notice one or other of these spouse of a couple struggling to be in the present, and we've worked with them, and then Joe and Leona may work with them, and, and what we end up doing is we, we don't compare notes, but what we find is that that person keeps getting stuck at the same spot. They're doing really, really well until, yeah, we're not going to go there. And that's the thing when Pastor Ray was talking about the cost. We want to live in the present so much, but we're not willing to pay that cost. We're not going to go. There. We're not going to go there. So we will do everything we can to avoid that cost. And we're going to look religious doing it. We're going to look saved doing that. But we are going to avoid doing that. Oh, we're going to use good Christianese. Oh, yeah. We're going to use scripture, and we're going to justify, and we're going to say, you know. Hold on. We're going to bend scripture. Go ahead. Now, continue. Uh, uh, Joe? There's that scripture. There is that scripture, but we can only forget the past as much as we can receive healing in that from that past. And the thing about that is, we don't get to live our best present life if we don't deal exactly with the past. You know, I, and I'm going to use an even broader term. I'm going to say understand our past. 
rather than deal with our past. And, and the reason why I'm using that broader term is because a lot of times conflicts arise, whether it be at work or whether it be in, in, in more close relationships, because of our understanding, and we've talked a lot about family cultures, you know, and if I understand, and we shared, um, you know, the story with the ice cream, you know, where in, in Anne's family, the, the pattern had been where dad would take the kids out for ice cream and mom didn't like the sweets. So it was always don't tell mom. So when David went out with the kids, what'd you do? Where'd you go? What's going on? You know, he got the third degree because it was he had, couldn't be trusted. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking your kids out for ice cream, but keeping that secret for mom made a big impact, you know? So if we understand that, it's not dealing with it, and it's not anything major, but is it? You know? When we think of something like that, is it? So when we understand our past and put it into the right context, whether it be the healing that we need or a broader context of cultural differences um, or understanding that what you're talking about with words are different than my understanding of the same word. And then, and, Joe? And I know what you're saying, and I guess I'm talking about for me because I realize with my past, I understand where I understand the situation and circumstances of my family background. Mm -hmm. But now I gotta deal with the pain that those that those that those costs. So when I when I so when I say that from the, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I and I agree. I'm just broadening it to just to say not only the pain. I think when we think of past, we just think of the hurts right. and the traumatized. And, and when so when I'm saying understanding all of that it's looking at it at a more comprehensive perspective. And, and, one yeah. of the, and the past yeah. is also our training. Mm -hmm. yeah. You yeah. know, just our... And one of the things that, as a culture, we have a difficult time with, is grieving. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ooh, yeah, so. Hey, we gotta move on. Yeah. We gotta move on. That's, that's a mantra that I heard in my family, just move on. We gotta pick it up and move on. We gotta move on. Today's, you know, today's a new day. We, and I think, the hurts and pains from yesterday, if we think about it, you know, I, I, I had a pretty good life growing up, you know, uh, not, not as, it wasn't, I, I didn't suffer from as much abuse as my brothers did because my mom divorced my alcoholic abusive father early on in my life. And I experienced some of that, but not to the extent they did. I had a pretty good life. But there's also a lot of stuff that was missing in my life. And what I realized was I, I needed to be able to grieve what was missing. Because what I did is, opposed to grieving for it, I developed a coping mechanism for it. And when I develop coping mechanisms, you know what those are? It's a brick. It's a brick in a wall of blocking intimacy with Gene or anybody else for that matter. So it's pretty good life. I, you know, I didn't get my head beat up a whole lot, but there was stuff that I was missing that I didn't grieve, but I coped with it. And as that wall built and built and built, it got up to about this high and I was able to, hey, babe, how are you? 
but don't come across that wall. And not only that, it was there for my protection. During service this morning, it was really weird. I got this vision. I think it, it applies here for some weird reason. I saw a man and a woman coming to an altar, and they each had this big suitcase. Because we all carry suitcases of our past that we haven't dealt with. And when they got to the altar, you know how they like have those ceremonies where they pour sand in and they do all these unity things? I imagine these two pieces of bags just coming together and exploding open. Because they're going to explode open at some point in our life. Generally, when we're together. So I saw these two suitcases explode open, and I saw one suitcase was just a hot mess. Nothing was folded, nothing was ordered. It was just a hot mess. And another one was neatly, shirts were all neat and everything else. I'm thinking to myself, wow. One boxed everything up and one's chaotic. But they're both a mess at this point. That's a... <laughs> There's a lot more to that than, yeah, so you're kind of like, oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, well, I, it just occurred during service, so. Yes? I think, like, sometimes, too, is that not knowing what that big meant. Uh-huh. It's like, how do you count you understand something that you don't know? Like, you know, there's a lot of people who'd be like, oh, was my life a whole big lie? It seems like everything is a lie or something that you don't know. Because you may have lived your life a certain way thinking that this is how things are supposed to be or this is the truth. And then they come to find out it's really a lie. <coughs> and, and you doubt lie. everything. And yeah, it, 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 it is a challenge, but living in the present and living in relationship with Christ in the present, you begin to truly understand what is real and what isn't real. And that reality has to begin and end with Christ, not with whether or not he's told me a lie, she's told me a lie, he's presented this, or I just got ripped off by, you know, um, and it's not easy. Uh, in a second, I'm going to follow up 23 me, all that stuff. Yeah. It's a nightmare. <laughs> and the reason it can become a nightmare is because you have a daughter or son going up to mom and dad. I'm adopted. But they never knew. And they become so traumatized by that that they lose perspective of a mom and dad who loved them and cherished them and comforted them. And they get so sucked into that that lie or that well, un- if- uncommunicated truth that what ends up happening is we become so traumatized by that that we fail to see. Uh, we talked about living in gratitude and having gratitude at the forefront because it's by having gratitude that we're able to recognize the love of others. It's only through that. Jordan? In my case, I've lost a lot of stuff out there. I have so many, I don't remember so much mm-hmm. stuff, right? And you don't know. You don't know what you're dealing with until one day you're sitting in a group therapy session and somebody's like, I know what's wrong with you. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm 
find. <laughs> I I still remember le- leading this class in inner healing one time, and we were going through. Ask God to reveal to you something that He'd like you to receive healing from. And He revealed something to me that I never even knew happened, but had apparently impacted me. I never knew it happened. So. And it was in that moment in the front of class that, well, I'm going to just bring it out. It was actually a um, sexual molestation. Yeah. And he was able to get healed for that moment and now since that time over years God has brought other specs that has brought additional healing and different different understanding to it so when we're looking at living in the present Ron didn't get what God revealed on that day and then start researching and digging in and trying to figure out give me all the information I didn't call up my brothers and say, hey, what was going on with this person or something like that. In fact, I still remember somebody in class saying, I can't believe you are not completely disabled at this point. I think one of the reasons why I was able to work through that in front of class was not only was God trusting me in that moment to do so, but he had also empowered me to do so. And I know that God's not going to reveal anything about my past that he's not prepared in that moment to heal. I and just the have same to... goes for every single exactly. person in this class. Agreed. When we are brought into a situation that seems overwhelming, overpowering, and completely knocks off our foundation, all right, we need to understand underneath that foundation is the solid rock. If we are in Christ, we're standing on that solid rock, and I don't care what it looks like in the natural. We are on the solid rock, and that is the truth that you stand on. And if you're living in that presence, and you're living in that truth, in that truth, we have Christ as our Savior, right? And if you haven't, I surely suggest going and getting that, okay? Because that is the thing that makes us stand in the presence. And regardless of the storms, regardless of the joy, okay? We we, we are so happy sometimes we're flattened out and cloud nine you know what you go up into the atmosphere you're blown off cars pretty darn quick you got to stay grounded in God regardless of what's going on and and he will take you through whatever garbage you're going through and whatever joy you're going through can I read uh, just two verses oh, one and a half. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 this is Paul at my first defense no one stood with me but all forsook me May it not be charged against us. Verse 17. But the Lord stood with me mm-hmm. and strengthened me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're convinced of. You know, God, why did you bring this up in my life right now? And if you're listening to God, here's what God would say. Because now is the point at which you are able to receive right. healing for it. God is not like this guy who carries a carrot on a stick waiting to prompt you down a path and and get you so far down and then beat you over the head with the stick. That's not our God. If our God is bringing something up, it's because he knows in that moment healing is available. And I think it grieves him greatly when we choose not to do that. Two weeks ago, I was in Atlanta with my sisters and at the last minute, one of my sisters decided to take her granddaughter to see the Lion King. So she was going to go, and then 
my niece jumped on the bandwagon, then I jumped on the bandwagon. So we're going to the car, in the car, going to the Lion King. So my other sister called, argues with my sister with the granddaughter. Why didn't you invite me to Lion King? You know. So they were going back and forth, two grown women arguing about Lion King. Okay. And I'm still thinking of some cartoon movie. I didn't know it was what it was. But I'm like, why are they having this long argument about the Lion King? So my sister got off the phone with her, they both mad. And my sister went in the store, and I called her back, and we're talking about it. And come to find out, she was saying, it's just not about the Lion King. I felt she's hurt me over the years, you know? And there was some pain that went way back 20 years ago. And here she's, my sister, other sister has no idea. She just thinks it's about the Lion King. But after I talked to the other sister, she just says, it's just not about the Lion King. It's about how I felt she's treated me over the years. And then later on, she called me, she said, I, I, I think I need counseling. I need to deal with some of these issues that I've been holding on to for all these years, which have me arguing about the Lion King, you know, who that I didn't even want to see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is that the truth? That is the truth. That is definitely the truth. So over the course of the ne next several weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to live in the present and strategies for actually doing that. And so, you know, we, we got past page one. That's good. Uh, we got we got through page one. That's good, David and Ann. Uh, we're taking a cue from you guys. Uh, but we're going to be talking about strategies for living in the present. Because it's in the present that we make a kingdom difference. And again, it's not forgetting our past. And it's not ignoring our future. You know, um, I was reading a... I don't know what I was reading. Something about this this cult that got evicted because they had all decided that the end of, you know, Christ was coming back on X day. So therefore they all stopped paying their bills and everything else like that. You know, because they, they knew David God Koresh. was coming back, you know, and they knew the day that God was coming back. So, uh, no, it wasn't David Koresh. It, was, it wasn't? Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't even know. Um, it was just this random thing that I was reading about, and it's like, bottom line is, you know, it's you still got evicted. You know, it's it's we have to recognize that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, but we also live on earth. You know. So we're going to talk about. Gaining healing for our past so we can live in the present. And have a healthier future. And have a healthier future. That's what we're going to be talking about. All right. We don't know how long it'll take, but however long it takes, it takes. Whatever. All I'm well, concerned about is today it was a good day, huh? <laughs> today it was a darn good day. Okay. Questions, comments? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I had planned on doing that. Okay, so yeah. Um, most Yeah, most people and Cleansing Stream is a phenomenal ministry that teaches how to live in the present and get healed from the hurts of the past and also recognizes that there is a true enemy there's not a devil behind every bush right but there is an enemy and he is out to seek kill and destroy kill and destroy so the question is how do you deal with that 
without being anxious and, like I said, looking for an enemy. Because um, a lot of what we go through is not the devil. Yeah, what I like about Cleansing Stream is it really does help us live in the present by gaining healing for our past and empowering us for a greater future. Because keep in mind, we were freed for a purpose. We were freed for a purpose. All right. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for today. And thank you for the blessing of today. Thank you for the gift. And Father God, even over the coming week, I would pray that each one of us really contemplate that today is a gift and how are we gonna how are we gonna how are we gonna treat the gift that you've given us what are we gonna do with that gift and father god i don't want us to live in shame or condemnation for how we didn't live in that gift well enough in previous days as david talked about early on it is never too late to start a different legacy it is never too late to start a different legacy. And we can just draw the line here and say we're moving forward from this point. So, Father God, I, I just thank you for everybody that's here. Bless everyone, Father God. And allow us to see you in our present time in these coming days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I, I, I got one quick, quick, totally un... Well, it is related testimony. I went shopping at um, the 99-cent store. And apparently I was I was hungry, and I've been trying to watch what I eat. So I picked up a um, four-pack of Oreo cookie snack things, and I picked up um, a small bag of, of chocolate kisses. And then I was looking at, they got like these nips, these coffee nips and chocolate nips and caramel nips. And I'm looking at the nutrition on the back of these packages to figure out which ones have the less carbs. Okay, uh, the lesser of the evils, you know. Now, mind you, already in my basket, I have the Oreo cookies and I have the chocolate kisses. All right, but I'm here looking at these things, trying to select, and and the Lord prompted me. He says, you know, yeah, you already have that. You can choose to put it back, but I already know you're not going to, as far as the kisses and the other. All right, but the truth of the matter is, this one choice that you're making. You're choosing to make a better choice in this minute for this. So you can't, because I've already made these bad choices, negate this choice. Does that make sense? Every choice we make is a new choice. It's a new choice. Every choice we make is a new choice.